Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. So the question that's probably been on everyone's mind, does John have himself a PlayStation 5 pre-order secured yet? I have a PlayStation 5 pre-order controller. Well, I have a which is... PlayStation 5 controller charger pre-ordered. Okay, which, but beyond again, that, kind of I do not have a PlayStation 5 pre-order oh, quite yet. And God. today, actually, I even closed the tabs that I had been sitting there and reloading and reloading and reloading. I am signed up for email alerts, so hopefully when those come open again, but... Suddenly, sort of the greater wise guru inside me sort of realized that, you know, I'll get one. It doesn't have to be day one. It'll probably be day one, but it doesn't have to be. And if it isn't, then my life is no worse than anything else, except for, you know, I'll, I'll miss, you'll, you'll spoil me on some games and stuff. But other than that, you know, things will be okay. I'll survive. So have you, have you still sort of set your mind on getting the digital edition or are you sort of opening up to, I'll get the disc if i had to i'm really not you know i've seen the stories on like how the allocations were like 75 percent of the normal system and then 25 percent of the digital or something like that there was a really small amount of the digitals out there even to, to begin with but i really don't want a disc and i really don't want to pay the extra hundred and whatever bucks it is so no i'll, I'll wait i'll get the digital whenever i get it and you know okay. it'll, it's okay I'll, I'll be okay well, the reason I ask is through reasons that uh, I won't entirely get into. I may have two on pre-order for Ooh. the disc version. For the disc version, nice. So, and it's not because I want to. I'm not looking to acquire a second one and flip it like uh, graphics card style on eBay for you know bank to pay for the original one. It just happened to be bucks. Yeah, exactly. It just happened to be. Um, more out of convenience, and I figure it's a pre-order. Whichever one ships first, I could cancel the other. That's true. Or you could bring so, it back. I mean, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, is if they both ship the same time, it's like, okay, cool. I can, like, one of them I've pre-ordered from brick and mortar, and then the other one I've pre-ordered from online only, so. Okay. So I have I have some flexibility there. Anywho, no, I just I just wanted to, you know, float that idea. If, if suddenly you're so inspired, I... I Give it to you at cost. I, I wouldn't go and charge you a convenience fee. I know you're good like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone no, else. eBay prices here. Yeah, I I I jack the price up, but not for you, John. <laughs> I'd I'd cut you. I'd cut you a deal. I'd give it to you at cost. Cost plus tax and shipping and delivery. Probably charge yeah. me twenty bucks for delivery, wouldn't you? Well, I, I might. I mean, gas yeah. is pretty pricey these days. It's true. I've heard that. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, well, seeing as you're still waiting for your, your PlayStation 5, why don't we talk a little bit about what's been going on in the worlds of uh, fatherhood? Um, fatherhood, yeah, we do that. Yeah, I, I, you know, the only the only story that I really have to share, I mean, it's not like in the past was a month or so since we sort of last talked about uh, our, our families in great depth or what's going on in the world of our kids. My daughter tried a lemon for the very first time. Now, try is maybe an exaggeration. She licked it. Okay. Not once, actually two or three times. And she was given fair warning, like, okay, a lemon is sour. And, and she knew, like, 
she understood that concept, but I don't think she really correlated the level of sourness to said lemon. And so she licked it and like, you know, she's like, what are you talking? And then like the, you know, it's like that second or so or half second before it gets to, you know, that part of your tongue where the sour is actually triggering all the nerves or whatever. And her eyes like wide open. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like that brain freeze moment. And then she's back to normal and she's like, okay, obviously curious. So this is weird. So, so she goes and licks it again and it's like a shake. And, uh, I'm not going to lie as much as, you know, she obviously suffered a little, I loved that she's experiencing <laughs> that for the first time. And I got to bear witness to it. Like there's something special about that. Like we've all, we've all been there where we've, you know, experience sour to a level that is just like rocks or socks. Like I remember the first time uh, a, a school friend of mine, uh, Takeshi brought these like sour lemon bombs or whatever. I think they weren't mainstream here in Canada quite yet, but like you could get them in Japan. And so he had brought them home and he gave me one, you know, a little jawbreaker style and I had jawbreakers. So I popped that in my mouth and suddenly it's like, Oh my God, I can't even spit it out. Cause my mouth is currently like spasming. That's what my daughter experienced to sort of a smaller scale. And again, I, I'm not taking joy in, in her, you know, discomfort. I mean, she, she learned and she tried it again just to make sure, but it's the being there for that experience, which is just so cool. See baby force is what three now. Yeah. Three and yeah. a half. Yeah. Okay. So that's my point right there is you're just showing yourself right now to be a far better, nicer father than I ever was because yeah, my kids both hit that under their first year. It was the whole thing. And I've got it on video too. So, you know, it's the whole setup where yeah. not only did I set up by putting the lemon slices on the table and then watching them take it. And then that, you, that reaction you're talking about and just that beautiful baby reaction of all excited to have this, put this into their mouth. And then they get that. And then that just the sour hits and they couldn't even talk yet. So they were like in their first, they were probably mm. like six or eight months old when they would I remember with my son and yeah, that moment of beauty when he experiences that. And my daughter, my daughter actually likes them. So she always, she would ask for the lemon slices afterwards and suck them out. So yeah, each kid, but, uh, but yeah, I totally, I loved, I loved that experience. And it's one of those things like that's a kind of a, a milestone, their first lemon or lime, mm -hmm. their first sour experience. I mean, you talk and you know, candy and stuff. That was always my thing growing up. When I was a kid, I would love sour stuff. And like, I'd take sour keys oh, yeah. and just like oh, slam them all down. And sour, then you get the sugar at the bottom. Kids. And yeah, and you, you eat all the sour sugar. And yeah, I mean, to this day, I try to do that every now and then. But my, unfortunately, I now have adult taste buds. And even though I want to do that still, I, I can't mm -hmm. do it anymore. So, so yeah, I, it's over yeah, here either. Like the, so yeah, Sour Patch Kids were my vice. Like if I went to a movie, I went and got that bag of Sour Patch Kids, which I then ate the entire bag. So it's like I was suffering through the, the experience, but enjoying the movie, hopefully at the same time, maybe a little yin to the yang. Um, but yeah, just, you're right. The adult taste buds, things just ain't the same. So my parenting story this week, I think we went, we've been going out to, adventuring quite a lot and going just to various places. We finally bought a car a couple months ago. And so since then we, we did spend a long time inside because of COVID earlier on. So to counter that, we're now just adventuring out all the time, staying mm -hmm. away from people. I mean, we still, it's just the four of us, but this time we went up to Whistler and we just went for a drive up to Whistler, up to the Whistler train wreck 
trail. Have you ever? Do you, so I, I've never been there. I've always okay. sort of thought it would be kind of cool to go to check out the the train, you know, train wreck. I mean, it's essentially an art monument now. Yeah. So a train crashed near Whistler about 80 years ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And over time, obviously they're nowhere near the tracks anymore, but uh, they've been moved to the sides and they're all spray painted and graffitied. And it's, it's pretty cool actually. So we did this trip and we just figured, okay, we'll go check that out. Cause we've never been up there. I've never really, I've been to Whistler, but I've never gone check that out. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we let Apple maps direct us and we just said, you know, Apple maps, Siri, go to, go to Whistler train wreck. And so it did, it got us pretty close, but, uh, it just pr- kind of brought us to the side of the road and we got off in this parking lot and I turned on Pokemon go actually, just to, to look at the Pokestops around. And sure enough, I saw the train wreck stop somewhere off in the woods. So I turned it off and went into the woods and, you know, my family followed and we were so close to it is a mountain biking trail. And there's like this really crazy mountain biking ramps and all of these things. Mm-hmm. So we, it was a nice little walk and we were sort of roughing it through the forest and down these mountain bike trails and there were no mountain bikers and we saw a couple of people. So that was all right too. And eventually we got to this really rickety bridge and my wife, my wife has severe vertigo now. She has since the kids were born. So we got this really rickety bridge. The kids went across it. I went across it, but then I couldn't get her across it. So she was like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm going to go back. You guys go ahead and see the trains. And so, so we did and we, we let her go back and pretty much right after that, my phone died, which Ooh. is very unusual. I have, you know, iPhone 12 and the battery is usually pretty good, but I didn't have it fully charged and my phone died. So I didn't have any way to contact her and we got there and then, um, we saw the trains and I took pictures of the kids and then suddenly my phone was dead and I was like, Oh, uh Oh, and so we saw people actually coming in the real trail. We saw where the real trail was. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go up the real trail. I'll take the kids up that way. And it was still, it was a pretty long walk. It was another half an hour and probably about four kilometers that I ended up walking. And finally, I got out of this and just didn't have any way to contact my wife. And also, I didn't realize it. And this was sort of the important part of the story. But, you know, before kids, I was a very seasoned traveler. I was a seasoned, you know, I've been all over Europe. I've been all over. I did a lot of traveling and, you know, I know things go wrong occasionally. So there was no point during this process that I was panicked. But my son, on the other hand, he has really high anxiety sometimes. So he was, I didn't realize it, but he was actually very, very worried that we were lost. and We wouldn't get back to mama and he didn't know how it was going to happen. And so he held himself together till the very end. But uh, finally, I, I just pulled this couple they were walking by and I was like, Hey, can you text this number for me? And so they texted my wife, which, you know, she was there two minutes later, but he had quite a hard time about it afterwards because he was quite upset and quite worried. And he thought he'd never see mama again. He thought I was going to lead them to off to get eaten by bears or something. So, so yeah, it was quite the adventure we had, but I mean, in a parenting moment, really, I thought about it afterwards, you know, I was just moving and bringing them along and they were strange or they were brave troopers and walking Mm -hmm. through the forest and so by the end of it i really should have been describing a little bit more what i was doing where i was going all of this to sort of ease his anxiety so that was sort of our little adventure that we had this last weekend Uh, and yeah it all turned out all right and we're gonna go try it again through the proper trail this weekend so mama can see it but um but yeah it was quite the little little uh adventure and you know not the best parenting honestly 
Well, I, you know, I'm sort of, as you're telling that story, thinking like, what would I have done? And I, I would imagine that I probably myself would have been focused on where, you know, everything's okay, but I might not have been as communicative, you know, kind of like you were saying, like, yeah, we're, we're together, we're checking on, you know, I, you know, this is, you know, so that's sort of the, the parental instinct. Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to, we're going to get out. I'm going to make sure we're going to get out. Right. But it, you know, thinking back to, to where your, your son's coming from, I mean, that's not how he's processing. And I, I can't obviously relate specifically to that situation, but like, I remember, no. you know, I would have been in my teens. Um, we were coming, we were on a road trip back from Calgary. Um, it was winter and going through the Rockies. Um, the weather was supposed to be fine the day we departed and mother nature had a different uh, idea and there was a huge dump of snow. So as we're sort of leaving Calgary and getting to Canmore and then towards the Rockies, like the amount of snow is just growing, 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 growing. That wasn't the concerning part. It's just that once we had sort of gotten into the Rockies, the snow had turned to ice. And my father, who's a professional driver, you could quite see quite clearly he was tense, gripping the steering wheel, white knuckled. Um, he's not talking. He's kind of, you know, like I can feel the emotion out of him. Meanwhile, my brother, younger brother, younger sister, they're asleep in the back of the, the minivan here. They don't know what's going on. I'm sitting in the middle and I am like freaking out. I'm like losing my mind. I am a teenager and I'm looking off the cliff on the right side of the road that we're driving on here with a semi trailer next to us in two lanes. And my father, who's like, obviously concerned as much. I had a panic attack and tried to convince my parents, like, we are going to stop in Revelstoke. We're not going to go any farther. I will pay for the hotel room. Like I, I'm like, I'm trying to give them every reason under the book. I look back and, you know, I probably, you know, I sort of look back if I was in my dad's position, what was my dad trying to do? I mean, his mind, like, I'm, I'm going to get these, everyone home. Like I got to, I got to clam up. I got to make sure no one thinks I'm worried. They didn't realize that all those vibes he was putting up off. I was picking them up. Like my mm -hmm. mom was picking them up. And I think that's what exacerbated things was that she now is trying to hold things together and she's obviously almost amplifying. And here I am very in tune with the situation just beside myself. I, again, not related, but I, I, I do wonder, you know, if I'm in my dad's position or if I was in your position, what would my approach be? And I kind of think I might not have been as communicative. I've been focused on we're going to get out of this. I'm going to make sure it happens type mindset. Yeah. And that's totally the thing. I mean, for us, we usually, we tell him not to worry unless we seem we're worried. And if we're, if we're worried, then he should be worried. That's probably the only time. And I, you know, I walked a fair amount, but I came off the path and I walked a different way. And I was coming back to the highway and I, I knew the general area I was going. I knew which directions I was, great direction sense always, but I didn't know exactly where I was going. So I think he picked up a little bit of that at certain points. And, uh, and yeah, I just in the future, I'm going to make sure that uh, it was, a, it was a parenting lesson for me, make sure I'm mm -hmm. talking about what my thought process is. And, and yeah, I mean, we all have that sort of, uh, data bear sense where I'm just going to, I'm going to get the family home. I'm going to make this right. And, you know, like anything in this modern age, talking about it is probably the better way to go. And that's how I will approach it in the future. Anyways. Mm -hmm. I, I was reading a story once and I mean, you can, you know, tell validate or, 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 or suggest it might be incorrect, but the, the talking about it is almost not so much um, declarative, but almost asking questions like, what would we, what should we do in a situation like involving them in a conversation? Um, but also it helps reinforce, um, 
you know, proper courses of action. Like, uh, you know, like if you're, you know, one of the things I was taught like is, is like getting to the water. So if you're on a, if you like when you're on the coast, you're on a mountainside and you know, there's water, get to the water, head down. It's wide open. It's hard to see in the trees, but at the water people can see. Now that's not to suggest I'm going to tell everyone to go do that. If you're lost, you're actually better off just to simply stay where you are. Yeah. A moving target, much harder to find than a target that's standing still. But, you know, if I have a means to do so, I'm probably going to go down. And so I think I might, I would have that type of conversation, like what you do, this is what I'm thinking, almost involved. I mean, is, do you think there's any sense to that or? No, I totally have a sense to that. I think, you know, now in particular, I mean, I didn't think about it at the time, but getting through that and making also in doing that, asking questions and asking, what do you think? Uh, it gives them more of a sense that they're in control of the situation rather than mm-hmm. just trusting you, which I'm honestly, I mean, my, my kids have an implicit trust in me and I, I think it's something that uh, I've earned, but at the same time that you have to give them the abilities to be able to make those decisions for themselves. And so it takes away the anxiety a little bit, I think, to give him the options to say, okay, well, what do you, what do you think we should do and explain why? And so, and then I would go back and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. Or this, and this is why, or that's a really great idea. And yeah, let's do that. So, you know, yeah, it's encouragement. It's, it's a, it's life lessons right there. Yeah. It, you know, not related. All this reminds me of a story of, uh, uh my friend, like he, um, used to go hiking across the country. He had it in his mind that one day he would hike across the entire Trans-Canada Trail. Never came to fruition for a number of different reasons. But there was always this concern for me that he would go hiking on his own across the Trans-Canada Trail, which is marked, but you know goes through some really tough terrain uh, in the middle of nowhere. It's not like you're going from like campsite to campsite. And he told this story about how once he left, um, one year got into, I don't think he was into the Rockies. It might've been just into the coastal range. You run into snow. Now the problem when you're, you're hiking where you don't believe you'll have snow is you probably weren't prepared for snow, but it's not like the trail is marked when the snow is lying on top of it. Mike's decision was, ah, you know what? I'm just going to keep going forward. I have an idea of where, where I'm going. And, you know, obviously, you know, one thing led to another and, uh, he did not have an idea where he was going. He ended up, uh, um, getting himself lost. Now in the grand scheme of things, it all worked out, but having told me this story once, I'm like, dude, like, why are you going in, in like, like completely in my mind, unprepared, take yourself one of those, like, you know, GPS alarms or whatever. I'm like, I'll chip in a bunch of us will chip in and give it to you. So you can like pull the pin or push the button or whatever the heck it is that sends off a, whatever signal so you can be found and like you know why not have this route planned out so that there's check-ins and all of that like thinking back to it now i mean he was we were just out of high school when he first started doing this where you know we're pretty much in that age of invincibility like nothing will ever happen oh yeah and uh yeah i mean some of the decisions that he would he would make like he would disappear for the summer essentially and then like Suddenly I'd get a phone call in like August, like, oh yeah, I'm back. I only made it so far. I slipped in a Creek. I buggered up my ankle. I crawled out of the bush that, and that's actually a true story. He, just out of, outside of like Grand Forks, he tried to ford or what was a Creek on the map, but due to snow melt or storm was more like a river slipped on some rocks, went down, he goes, twists his ankle. And again, makes the decision to go on further until actually, no, I can't, it hurts bad. So then he goes back, 
slips from the river once again, buggers up the opposite knee, and then for all intents and purposes, crawls back out. See, finds someone who helps him and they get him to a clinic in Grand Forks. And oh yeah, he's like pulled a tendon and, you know, sprained a knee or, or whatever it was like moral of the story, be prepared. That's it. Yeah. It's a pretty good moral. I mean, I'm always kind of a fan of those people that sort of go against the grain of where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. So I've had a fair amount of that myself in my own life and sort of have taken that path, but I've never done the whole Trans-Canada Trail or trying to walk across it. I've had other other crazy adventures, but yeah, that would, that's, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, as I say, he never, he never did make it across the entire Trans-Canada. Um, many parts sort of, in, I think he, out of high school, his plan was, oh yeah, I can totally hike across the country. Like in, you know, he was factoring in how there have been many other people before that have like got run across Canada or, or biked across Canada and, you know, they can do that in a few months. So why couldn't he hike? And he, you know, he was really well, uh, um, fit, like he was fit. He, he had, you know, great stamina. Um, but the people that generally like run or bike across the country, I believe follow the trans Canada highway. Yeah, which seems crazy because, I mean, I've seen a lot of spots in the Trans-Canada Highway where I would not want to be biking or walking beside the car lane. I mean, yeah, there's just not enough room and drivers aren't particularly sane. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't want to be biking there. I'd probably rather – I'd rather take the Trans-Canada Trail in the middle of nowhere and, not, and just have to worry about bears well, I, 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 and, I, and, I guess, and not drivers. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, which is the – which are the – Hills you wish to swallow. Um, ultimately, though, you get through the Rockies. It's downhill from there. Um, yeah, I, you know. Actually, on that note, like, is this something that you think you and your kids might go and do? Is like, you know, head off for like that type of not like a hike across the Trans Canada, but for instance, like Baden Powell, you could go from like Horseshoe Bay to Deep Cove, essentially, right? Or yeah, no, I've been. I mean, we've been doing a lot of hiking lately. Nothing major like that. Although I, I see like those options we've been spending a lot of time like around Cleveland dam and around mm-hmm. Lynn Canyon and rice Lake and that sort of stuff. And so when you see the maps, you see that there are trails that go up to grouse mountain. There are trails that go other ways. And they say, you know, expert hikers and, or, and that's certainly not us by any means. I mean, we're usually huffing and puffing, just taking mm-hmm. up a couple hundred feet in altitude. So maybe at some point I would do those tougher ones. and But I, I've never been that, you know, I'm not the gross grind guy. I'm not the guy that goes on the weekend at 6 a.m. to climb the gross grind. I remember mm. some years back there was that one guy that did it like 13 times in a day, which that would never, ever, ever be me. And I, you know, I, I like the fitness aspect. I like the being out in nature. And especially right now when, you know, we have, we can't go to public things. A lot of things we used to be able to go to, whether it be concerts or hockey games or whatever, don't exist anymore. So now, you know, getting outside and getting that sort of, that is my happy place at the moment. So, yeah. but Yeah. yeah I, you know, I've, I was never the, the hiking type. Um, like if I went, like I was in scouts. So there were night hikes. I went on those, um, camping, uh, was much more organized. It wasn't pitch a tent on the side of the trail and a clearing or anything of that sort. No, it was cabins. Yeah, it was, you know, so it was, uh, it was civilized camping. Now my wife, if we were to go camping would need glamping. Um, and that's not camping really. I mean, that 
that point, why don't we just get an RV or, or something like that? But one of the things that I do appreciate about it is sort of, you know, being out there in nature, ex- you know, hearing the, the sound and experiencing it. Um, when my my daughter's daycare was uh, was closed for a week in the summer, I mean, we went on a, a number of, of trails, just short, short trips, because again, short three-year-old legs can only go so far. But, you know, a quick walk through Pacific Spirit Park, um, uh, went for a walk through, um, uh, it's called Ladner Harbor Park. It's more urban than, than Pacific Spirit might be, and Pacific Spirit's urban. Uh, but one of the cool things about where her daycare is now, too, is there are there's a trail system, and so we'll just go for a walk into mostly birch and oak trees. I mean, it's not like old growth, but it's just a different experience. So you just go like 20 feet down the trail, and you don't hear the city anymore you hear you know the the branches and the wind the the birds you hear um whatever might be moving around you can't quite see but you can hear the the rustling and or you think you can or you think you can yeah um she you know she reacts to that because it's, it's 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 a different type of sensory experience like we i think miss a lot of that living in the city we get so accustomed to like I mean, she gets excited when the uh, sirens go past her building. Fire engine, because there's mm-hmm. a fire hall just down the street. Like, oh, she loves it. I, 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 again, I'm all for it. Or planes. I love that she loves planes, because I love planes. Yeah, it's a whole city story. And I think I probably recounted this one in an earlier podcast. But I, I hit the point, I think my son was three, when he asked me, Dad, can I see a star one day? And I realized suddenly that, A, just living in the city, he hadn't seen stars because of light pollution. And even mm-hmm. when he is out at night, there are, aren't really any stars out there. And I thought, you know, by the time he was three, he hadn't seen a star yet. So I thought that was very, um, I thought that was a parenting fail on my part, obviously, honestly, at the time. But uh, yeah, we've made sure when we go out now and go stargazing and he's recent meteor showers, we, we took them out to the top of Cyprus and just yeah, kind of find those spots fun. where, you know, there's not as much light pollution. So yeah, uh, we, we've been really diving into it the last especially since we got the car a couple months ago and now we're sort of out in nature all the time and camping trips and it's been it's been great and and it's worked for us i totally understand some people don't like it the glamping thing i don't not really glamping but you know hey maybe just you and and, uh baby force can do a father daughter camping trip and you get her in there early and get her into the tent and make sure she doesn't need the glamping life well the i I have to qualify while I may want to go do that. I, I wear a CPAP at night. So I would mm. then, I need power for that. Now there are means to make that work. Solar panels. A, yeah. Well, My I don't know if they generate panels. I don't know if they'll generate the power the CPAP will actually require, but Fair I think like a battery, a battery pack yeah. um, to make it happen. I mean, I, it's something I, I'd like to go and do. Like I, I never camped growing up. Really, I mean, again, I scouts maybe, but the first time I truly went like what I would consider camping to a campsite, we just went up to to Porto Cove. Um, we just graduated high school. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, a few other friends, we all sort of went together. Now I learned a couple things on that trip. One, when it's going to rain, you don't actually fully appreciate what that means when you're camping. But you know, you learn that lesson once, and then it serves you really well for future camping trips. Two, Porto Cove is next to train tracks. Mm. There's a reason why you don't see trains a lot during the day. Because those trains go by at night. 
And when there's an, a crossing that has no lights and no, you know, rail bars, there's another thing they need to do to inform everyone up how sound they're near. <laughs> so we learned that too. But the experience was phenomenal. Like it's being able to go where there's no light pollution and just watch the stars or um, just, you know, being out there in, in nature, so to speak. And I mean, that's more civilized camping, but I, I, I want for, for baby force to have sort of that experience. Cause it's not one that I, I had growing up. You know, it's, we had a conversation about travel, how growing up, I never really traveled. Like I have a distinct memory of being on a plane because I have, I have these memories and I don't know how old I would have been, but seeing like the squares of all the farm fields as we went into to Alberta. Like I distinctly remember that, but I, I didn't truly fly until I would have been in grade, uh, grade nine on a school trip to France. Um, yeah. I was even later than that. And so my kids have had a really, um, they have a really, a, it's sort of, we've tried to make them be aware that they have privilege and that they have gotten to travel where we didn't, but they mm-hmm. find it really amusing that my son, he'd been to more countries by the time he was 18 months old than I had when I was 22. And my daughter actually is the same way now. She was, you know, in her first four years, she's been to more countries than I had until I was 22 or 25. So, yeah, they, they have that privilege. And we sort of made, make sure they, they recognize it and know that not, mm-hmm. just, not just everybody gets to do that. And it's a pretty special thing to be able to do. And now, I mean, just on the country and outdoors thing, I mean, we, we both live in the city or close to the city. I mean, and now with COVID, you know, the benefits of the city are no longer there. None of the things that you used to go to, you can do anymore. So now it's just about avoiding people for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so that makes the rural areas so much more attractive and just getting out and getting away from all the people. Because even here, like you go to, you go to any of the local trails and you're not really avoiding people. There is tons and tons and tons of people trying to do the same thing. So, so yeah, I have a real appreciation right now for just getting farther and farther away. And I'm thinking somewhere in the Northwest territories might be good and I'll settle down and, uh, and yeah, build a cabin out in the middle Head of the tundra. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, that's speaking of Northwest territories. I want to get up there at some point. I've been to, I, I mean, I've been to Whitehorse in the Yukon, which I, you know, someone might say that's not Yukon. That's fine. I totally get that. But, it was definitely an experience going uh, north of 60 where, you know, it was May, end of May, early June, where truly the sun hasn't completely set, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well, like, yeah, I mean, it, I was college student, so pub crawl uh, late night and thinking it's like 11 o'clock at night and it's actually like two in the morning. Anyhow, it's fun times. Yeah, it's baby force won't be doing any of that. I've done the opposite end of that. We were we've done the winter where it's only been it was it's only light for two and a half hours, and then it's just kind of like this twilight. And that was in the north of Norway. It wasn't in Canada, but yeah. definitely the experience. And yeah, it's, uh, it's different. Definitely, yeah, it's different. That's for sure. Different. Yeah. Oh well, you know what? I think uh, we've got ourselves a, a pretty good episode here. I you know to sort of pull the curtain back uh, prior to hitting record, uh, the two of us were kind of like, what are we going to chat about here? Like, you know, make stuff up, do a hodgepodge of this. I mean, I think the two of us could just talk and you'll probably find that I think there are going to be some episodes where we do. Yeah. It, it happens. You know, I, I, you know, I'm no, you aren't maybe following hockey as closely as I am, but uh, there was a Stanley cup winner in uh, September, not October 
but uh, <laughs> yeah, I dropped off. Like I, I was kind of paying attention while the Canucks were in, and then I dropped off again after they were out. And yeah. so I happened to come across a YouTube thing that was that mentioned there was some YouTube channel that had the lightning on it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, that happened, huh? Because I didn't even remember that the playoffs were still going at that point. So yeah. yeah, different world, I tell you. Yeah, Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. And currently the Stanley Cup is being introduced to a whole different type of Corona than it's used to. <laughs> um, one last, uh, one last nerdy segue. Ooh. Um, Nintendo Mario 35 came out today. Have you tried it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. So hey, it's funny you mentioned that. Okay. Uh, Cause I, 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 I thought it was like this week, but I, I've just had, well, uh, the wife had a birthday and yeah, yeah. You know, work's been pretty like there's been lots of things going on so yeah no i'm gonna go i'll go download that on the switch yeah i tell you i've got i got the classic switch controllers so like the classic nes pads they were on sale once through the website so i ordered two mm. of them just for shits and giggles because i needed that and mm. now playing that game with those controllers it just it feels right and it's like tetris 99 where you know you can direct things to other people but you can't with a normal nintendo controller because so you don't have buttons you just play the game, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm. We've played it actually just before we came on here. I was playing with the kids, and it was pretty amusing. And they were amazed by the things that I just happened to know—the spots where I could just jump and get a one-up mushroom. And they were like, "How did you know that?" Like, it's honestly just burnt into my soul. Well, That's it. I, I wonder if I'll have that muscle memory still, where I'll know where the where things. Because it's been so long since I played OG Mario, right? Yeah. Like, and you like, I mean, we've talked about this. We played the equivalent of decades in a short period of time oh, yeah. because, like, you know, I, I, like I would get upset that um, I, you know, mistimed that jump that you know didn't allow me to go and do something else. And just... Yeah, I mean, these days we're very worried about screen time with our kids and how much they're watching mm-hmm. and all of these things. But I mean, in our day, our parents didn't care at all. They were like, "No, go." Go play for yeah. seven hours, and we would sit there and play Nintendo for seven hours in a row, and you know. So yeah, that was my. That's how I grew up, anyways. I was raised by Nintendo, as well, I, you know, I was told. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny you mention that. Like, I actually wonder. Like, I, I, yeah, the experience was my parents weren't worried about screen time. It wasn't like get off that Nintendo and go outside. Um, I think more often or not, I was just going. Like, I'd go outside. Like, it, the, it was the. Not to suggest they did not like playing Nintendo. Trust me, I put in so many hours into to Super Mario. It's just that that would occur usually if it was like bad weather or night. Like I, I'd have been out playing street hockey with mm-hmm. a wooden stick on on the street or whatever. Um, not that Baby Force can go and do that right now. One, we don't live in a house that makes it conducive. Two, I would not want to run around the street anywhere near my place. Just. For logistical and uh, safety reasons, um, but yeah. Anyhow, so I'm gonna. I will go install it. I, All once right. We, once we stop here, I'll go install, it. and then our next episode we can talk about uh, how I hate the game because everyone picks on me and how many first place finishes you've had. I, I got to number thirteen. I think was my best so far. Yeah, but we. I think we talked about this in uh, Tetris ninety nine. I make it to like top. 50 ish. Okay. Yeah. And, and then suddenly it's like, everyone sees me as the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and on that note, I think it's a good spot to end for today. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, if you are looking for uh, us online, nerdytadcast.com is obviously the place to go. You can find all our past catalog of episodes. You can find out how to contact us, all of our social accounts. So for instance, on Twitter, we're a little more active. You can generally tell if it's John or myself because John is smart. He puts his initial in front of his tweet. So I'm going to pick up on. So now you'll really be able to sort of tell. You know, is it John or is it Chris that's that's saying something? Um, there is the possibility, and I will admit to it, occasionally you might just see my own personal account get retweeted because I'm just too lazy to engage and I just push the, the noise out a little bit further. But uh, do follow us at Nerdy Dadcast on Twitter. As far as the podcast is concerned, we would love it. Just absolutely love it if you click subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast. Um, our plan is to obviously keep this you know, evolving over time, uh, you're going to find our groove and, uh, really, you know, have fun, but I think it becomes more fun when you, our listeners, um, sort of help, you know, move those things forward. If you have an idea of a topic you want to hear us to talk about, if there was something that John said that was bang on and something that I said that was completely out of my butt, call us on it. Let us know, tweet us. You can uh, email us. I think it's feedback at nerdydadcast.com. We're and more vice versa, I'm wrong sometimes too. Just for the record, not as often you as you are. are. Not as often. Well, as I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I, it'd happens. be a rare occurrence, right? Like, I, you, you, you being wrong, I mean, yeah, you being right. Think. It's, but uh, yeah, no. On behalf of John, myself, Chris, uh, I'll wrap this episode up by asking you to stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.